We're here on a special uh, recap episode of 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. Uh, we felt like it was a good time to uh, stop and uh, talk about uh, what's happening so far on the uh, podcast. This is the 20th episode, so so far we've done 19 episodes. And uh, it was actually Paul's idea, a good time to uh, stop and talk about everything that's happened so far. I am Paul Conlon. Across from me is Jason Martin. These yep. are his movies. Yep. And um, I, I guess start out and start and talk about um, how the podcast came to be. Um, uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts and thought about doing one for a long time. Um, and over the last, uh, going back maybe a, maybe a year ago, I started to think about putting together my own top 100 movies list, uh, which I've considered for a long time uh, based on the fact that uh, the podcast Craigslist, which is two words, uh, Craig Kikowski has a podcast, which I've mentioned here several times where he does his top 100 movies list. Um, and uh, I wanted to put a list together uh, based because of that, but I didn't necessarily consider it to be a podcast. And um, back in uh, November, I thought it was a good idea to, to actually do a podcast, um, just like his. And, um, I mentioned it to Paul. It was probably, uh, mid November, I think late November. It's not exactly the way I remember it. Really? See, the way I remember it was that, uh, uh, I was in a grocery store shopping for, uh, you know, peppers or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you were there coincidentally enough, just kind of talking to yourself about, a Christmas story and where on the list it should be. And I was kind of overhearing this conversation because you're really being pretty loud. Yeah. And I started arguing with you about how high up a yeah. Christmas story should be mm -hmm. and whether it's a better Christmas movie than Die Hard. Yeah. Um, and next thing you know, we're here doing a podcast. Oh, okay. That's what happened. Okay. That's what I, that's what I remember. It. Okay. Was it Kroger or Publix? Was it Walmart? You know, Red Peppers, Green Peppers. I think it was, I think it was Kroger. Oh, okay. Okay. I'd like to think in, in that story that I shop at Sprouts because it's kind of a little more high end. You know what? You can just imagine that you were at Sprouts while I was at Kroger. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes the argument that much Okay. More. Well, you do live right behind a Kroger, so I guess it makes sense yeah. you were at Kroger. So. You're pretty much around the corner from one as well. Yeah, yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, if you were in California, they'd be Ralph's. Right, right. Um, and for what it's worth, uh, Die Hard is a higher ranking movie on my list than A Christmas Story. So it is the the best Christmas story on my movie so on my list so far. Uh, we'll see if that uh, holds up. Holds up. Yep. There's uh there's at least two or three more. So, you know, um, but, uh, so we had the idea for the, I had the idea for the podcast to ask Paul about doing it. And, uh, he said, yeah, it sounds, it sounds like a good idea. And, um, it was Paul's idea to do them out of order, which actually makes it a lot more fun. Um, and I didn't even consider that, but that actually makes more sense. Yeah, the way we, we uh, pick movies is Jason will pick the movie that he wants to do. Then I'll pick another movie off the list. Mm -hmm. I have no idea where it is on the list. He's just got a randomized list. Mm -hmm. And of course we mark the ones we've already done. So the list gets shorter and shorter after each podcast. Mm -hmm. And basically he picks a movie. I pick a movie and uh, we go over the movie. Yeah. That we pick. Yeah, and we uh, we pretty much always record two episodes at once, uh, so that'll cover the next time we do uh, yeah. we do the podcast because um, those two movies, and um, yeah, the um, the rankings took me forever to do, um, 
because it was like excruciating trying to figure out. And one thing I want to revisit when we get to the end of yeah. all of your list of movies is yeah. how many movies are still on the list? Have any movies come out that have jumped onto the list? Have any movies that you've seen in the interim that have been around a while mm -hmm. come up on the list? Have any movies that have been fairly low in the low 90, high 90s, mm -hmm. 97, 98, 99 dropped off the list? Or anything even higher dropped off the list for whatever reason? Yeah. But that's something to look at yeah. at the end of the podcast when we get to all, gone through all 100 movies. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, in 2022. Uh, 2022. <laughs> Is that the we're going to? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. A little bit into that. At least. About, about two years, yeah. And depends how many special episodes we do. Yes, yes. Definitely 2022, at least. Um, and yeah, the, the way uh, Craig Kukowski does his podcast is he's been keeping a list since he was, I think, a teenager. And he's already had that list. And after he's done watching the movie, which he watches with his wife and usually another like guest star, a famous comedian or someone is he'll say, I think this one's going down about 10 notches, or this one's going up about, this is going to be, he'll say, this is going to be whatever, between Annie Hall and Star Wars or whatever on his list. He'll, he'll say, so I'm not saying that at all. Um, I'm basing on right now, this is definitely the number. A hard number. Right. Um, but then a few years from now, I might redo the list. And, uh, right. Yeah. Uh, or add ones to the list. Or, As they right. make new movies, when they make new movies. Right. Um, you get to look at something new, decide if it goes on the list. Mm -hmm. If it's so overwhelmingly good that oh, it's just got to be there. It's, it's I look at my look at my the bottles definitely better than these and these and these. It's got to go in there somewhere. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and uh, but it was fun making the list. Um, and one thing I haven't mentioned yet, uh, and this is something that affects a lot of people my age, your memory or older, your memory. What's that? Your memory. What's that? Yes. Um, is uh, the love of lists, which honestly, I think a lot of people got from Casey Kasem. And not just Casey Kasem, but, you know, uh, the book of lists, but by the, the, okay. the, the Wallace Wachowski family. Okay. You know, uh, kind of spin off of the, uh, the world, uh, what's the world record holder? Guinness. Guinness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're still going to right. in there. Right. And they kind of spun off out of there. And they, for many, Years in the uh, late seventies, early eighties, put out the book of lists, right? And uh, yeah, yeah, I did a, that esoteric tribute for one thing. And uh, I remember actually finding a couple of those books and yeah, you know, re reading through them, looking for the list of stuff. I like. We are a listing group of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the biggest uh, websites on the on the internet now are they'll, they'll refer to them as listicles. Listicle, and then there's you know David Letterman from right, for his right. top ten list every night. True, uh, true. Uh, which is uh, ingrained in our personality for those of us that were paying attention to the great one. Yeah. Um, and uh, since I mentioned Casey Kasem, uh, be on the lookout for the at least one time in my top 100 list, the Casey Kasem appears in one of these movies. He will. Yes. Physically appear. Yes. Wow. As we, himself. Well, oh, as himself. at least his voice. Probably just his voice, but yes. And it's a very famous movie. So. Um, but Casey Kasem will appear in one of these movies. Um, and I, honestly, this podcast, um, doing about, this seemed like the, the best idea to do it, the best idea to make a podcast out of. But honestly, I, I, I know a lot more about TV than I do movies. 
and I know probably know more about music than I do movies, but still this seemed like the best idea. And, you know, if I did top 100 bands of all time, it would be fun discussion, but I'm not sure without playing the songs, how well it would work. Yeah. The, right. The copyright. Right. Issues involved. Right. Tremendous. Right. Like I could mention a song by live that maybe Paul doesn't even know. And he would say, I don't remember that one. Yeah. I don't don't know how good of a discussion that would end up being. Yeah. (laughs) If you don't play the music or a snippet of it, uh, which is problematic. Right. Right. And uh, with TV shows. um, Probably someone along the same lines. Yeah. And then, well, and you, uh, with TV shows, you're not going to watch every episode of the TV show and then talk about it. Actually, you know what? Unless the entire podcast was about one show. Yeah. For example, uh, in the news currently, uh, Zach Braff and Donald Faison are actually uh, yeah. starting up a podcast. The two of them, they were on Scrubs together, and they're going to rewatch the entire series of Scrubs together okay. and okay. basically talk about it episode by episode. I just saw that yesterday, yeah. and do you know where they probably got that idea? Um, no. The Office Ladies podcast. Uh-huh. So they watch The Office. And- Pam, Pam, Jenna Fisher, and uh, Angela, Angela Kinsey have a podcast called The Office Ladies and they're re-watching every episode in order and it just started back in October probably. And I've listened to five or six episodes and it's really delightful. Oh, yeah. It's fun fun to hear them talk about it. I can see that uh, people who are involved in the show. Right. It's very interesting to listen to them talk about each episode. Yeah. If you were and I would do something like that, I would I would rather do like random episodes of other shows. Well like pick, pick a sh- pick yeah. a show that we like. Right. And then do, watch an episode that we think is good. And yes. then talk about that and then discuss the whole uh, series as a whole, so to speak. Yeah. How much should we do with the movie today? Yes, yes. And um, the, uh, yeah, there's so much that you can do with podcasts. And there's certainly a lot of podcasts now that are changed because of the the uh, quarantines, basically. People at home, they can make their own content and make a podcast. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of podcasts that are shut down like right now basically douglas movies is shut down because his shows 98 percent of the time are in front of an audience uh-huh. so, so he's on instagram he is doing one-on-one via instagram with another comedian and they're doing the games and uh, a lot of podcasts right now are either shut down or changing yeah because everyone is at home change with the times yep um and uh it's weird to think about you know, people might be listening to this ten years from now, thinking, "Oh yeah, the oh yeah, the Corona thing. Wow, wow, yeah, I can't believe they survived that. Right, right. Oh, right. I can't believe only one of them survived. Right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Which one? Uh, you can uh, you can give us a voicemail right now uh, mm-hmm. through the Anchor website and say which one you yeah, which make one your you predictions. Think. If one of us survives, and one of us does not, who yeah. survives? Yeah. Will the podcast be complete? That would be fun. Um, and, uh, you know, we could, uh, I guess right now it would be a good time to start to uh, talk about each of the movies we've done, uh, a little bit about each one. Right. Um, and I'm going right now just based on the order of the episodes we've done, uh, not by the ranking. So I thought when we started the podcast, uh, based on when we started it, I thought A Christmas Story was a good choice to start off with. We were going to release it, which we did. Uh, a few days before Christmas, um, and also the fact that A Christmas Story is a movie that's loved by many, many people, and everybody knows what it is. Yeah. It's 
a, basically a perennial classic, much along the lines of It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Um, American 34th Street. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Waterfront. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Christmas Story was, um, I think it was a good choice uh, as far as, like I said, it's, it's very popular. Plus, it starts with A. A Christmas Story. Right. right. Literally beginning in the alphabet. Yeah. And the first two movies on the list are actually the first two in alphabetical order. Huh. Yeah. And, uh, and after that, it kind of skews up a little bit. Right. It's nothing. It's meaningless after that. Um, so, um, a Christmas story. Um, it was a pretty easy one to do a, a, do a talk about because, you know, I've seen it, I don't know how many times, a hundred times or more. Um, and, uh, it's, it's certainly a movie that is, uh, some of these are some of these is definitely true. certainly a movie that has grown as far as popularity for sure. Yeah, I think, way, the, way I think the box office when it came out was not as spectacular no. as some of the movies that come out today, or to, like each one that comes out is more worldwide spanning office box office monster than the one before. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> back in the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. that was not really the case with movies. There were a few mm-hmm. that were, um, Individual monsters, box office wise, mm-hmm. but most movies that came out were, I don't know, uh, workmanlike. Yeah, in their box office. Like mojo. they'd be happy to make a profit. Yes, and not make. And, and even then, studios didn't care about making profits. They cared about moving their money around, making the movie, getting out there, go to the next one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I just after we talked last time, I actually heard someone talking on a podcast talking about uh, Gene Shepard. Oh, and. Uh, they were mentioning about, and I can't remember what it was about now, but they, they were talking about Gene Shepard, something, some kind of prank he did or something back in, I don't know, the 60s. Something he said that was bullshit. It got people stirred up about something. I don't remember what it was. But Probably his own uh, War of the Worlds, Orson Welles moment. What was that? Well, you know, when right. Orson Welles right. did War of the Worlds for right. radio broadcast, yes. he did it as, a, as if it was a real radio broadcast. Mm-hmm. News was coming across the desk of the radio. <clears throat> People at the time in the 30s had no idea mm-hmm. that this was fictional. They thought it was real. Right. Some people thought it was right. a real invasion of men from Mars. Right. And some people today believe it was real. Mm-hmm. And that the fictionalized story was kind of popped in afterwards. Oh, okay. So what did Gene Shepard, he actually re-brought, he redid it? No, 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 no. I don't know. I'm assuming it's something along the line. Oh, Whatever okay. Did, I thought you meant like he redid it. Based yeah. on what you said, some like he did some kind of practical joke and people thought it was real. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. I can't remember what it was now, but yes. Um, and uh, we have uh, our next movie we did was uh, Angel Heart, um, yes. which um, it's still, uh, you know, obviously it made my list, so I still love it. Um, but it is not, it has come down over the years compared to what I used to think about it. Because when I was in, I don't know, senior in high school, I thought it was. It was one of my favorite movies. It, well, it has been a long time a favorite movie of mine. Mm-hmm. I told you this and mentioned the podcast mm-hmm. earlier. It's like one of the few movies where I walked out of the theater and I was disoriented. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what time of day it was. I didn't know what day it was. I wasn't even sure where I was. And mm-hmm. It took me a few minutes you know, staring at the outside sunlight mm-hmm. to uh, get my mind back into reality. Yeah. It, uh, it really uh, has messed with my head. Yeah. I wish I would have. Uh, wish I would have seen that in uh, theaters. It was. I saw it at daytime. It, it, 
of yeah. empty theater, middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to work at a fast food joint, morning shift, get off after lunch, walk across the road to the theater, mm-hmm. watch a movie, and then go home. Yeah. So I, I pretty much see uh, first run movies for many, many years while working there. Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle of the day, during the week when no one was around, basically the whole experience was there except the, the crowds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, you know, a lot of people have talked about, obviously there's a lot of scandal about it because of Lisa Bonet. Um, I think she basically lost her job pretty much on the Cosby show eventually because of it. Um, and, uh, you know, because Bill Cosby thought it was a uh, morally, you know, bad. You know what, looking <laughs> back at the way things worked out for the Cosby and all, mm-hmm. it's also quite possible that she was very vocal uh, feminist. Right. That uh, she picked a movie that mm-hmm. she knew right. would not sit well with the Cosby. Yeah. And that uh, it would uh, allow her to uh, do whatever she wanted and raw whatever feathers, ruffle whatever feathers she mm-hmm. needs to ruffle in order to move on with her life and career. Yeah. yeah. It could be, yeah. You know, sometimes when you want to get something done, you go out and you act out. Right. In order to get the. Uh, a specific type of attention to allow people to help you move on. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and also, you know, like um, with Mickey Rourke, Mickey Rourke is one of those those people where when you talk about a career that was big and it went away for a long time, it's, it's one of those uh, actors that people talk about. Yeah. Very talented, good-looking guy. And, and, and both the, the looks and the talent mm-hmm. went south. Mm-hmm. Uh, for various reasons, yeah, mostly drug related, right? Um, but eventually, he came through, mm-hmm. and uh, both his work and his uh, uh, his I don't know comfortableness in his own skin mm-hmm. has altered, right. So. right? I did finally watch the uh, the wrestler um, last year. Oh. It, was, it was a really good movie. Is that on the list? No, oh. no. But the wrestler is a really good movie. Really, like, it really also takes full use of. His change in features. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he uh, does look like he does look like a low grade pro wrestler. I mean, he does. Very, very puffy face. Yeah, yeah. Um, And uh, but uh, so the next movie we have uh, My Blue Heaven on the list, which is uh, the only movie we have where you cannot find out what the budget was on this movie. Yeah, I've done a little research myself when you mentioned that. Yeah, Um, I looked at a bunch of different sites that normally will aggregate the budget. Right. Box office is all they have. Budget, nothing. No. The budget does not exist for My Blue Heaven, which is... Maybe we can get uh, Steve Martin or, or one of the other people, Nora Efron, get them to come on our podcast and tell us, hey, okay. what's up with the budget with this movie? Yeah. Um, Steve Martin hasn't uh, sent me an email back yet. but uh, You know, I haven't heard from Nora either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, the, you know, we talked about the fact that it was, uh, you know, it was... It was just a different version of Goodfellas, basically. And it was done at the same time. Came out a few weeks before. It was like six yeah, weeks about before. About a month before. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, and Nora Ephron's, uh, you know, husband was, was doing... Uh, was Pelleggi. Was Pelleggi, yeah. And uh, uh, it's a very interesting story. The movie, uh, you know, didn't do great. But, I don't know. Obviously, I think it's great. It's on my list, so um, it's the lowest movie so far uh, that we've done on my list, on my list number 97. 97, wow. Yeah. There are 
three, uh, eight, nine, three more below that. Yeah. There are three movies on this list that you think are not as good as my Black. Yes. Yeah. And um, um, still, you know, there's been talk lately about Rick Moranis, how he is uh, basically ready to make a he is come back. I have read stories that he is on his way back. He's, yeah. he's signed contracts to work on uh, uh, a furthering along of uh, his Honey, uh, I Shrunk the Kids franchise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, same character, you know, further yeah. along the, the timeline, you know. Mm-hmm. The kids are grown up. And, yeah. And so on. Uh, which is good, and hopefully he will be in the new Ghostbusters that comes out when and if it comes out. Yeah. Um, assuming things have been put on hold. Yeah. Uh, waiting for uh, the worldwide situation to stabilize in some way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing the new Ghostbusters won't be out till at least August, probably. If this, if, if at all this year. Yeah. Right, true. I mean, it, I think it'll be out this year because you know it's. I think it's pretty much done. It's you know except for some editing, I'm sure. Well, currently, I think the big Thing that some of the first movies that were right. pulled from uh, yeah distribution was, were, were yeah. already finished. It's just mm-hmm. that they were worried about box office in right. China initially, now box office worldwide. With so many things like sequels in order to be greenlit, you've got X amount of box office. If no one's going to the movies, if all the movies theaters are shut down, which currently yeah. they are pretty much. Yeah, We were just talking about the drive-in theater yeah. in uh, Metro Atlanta. There's one, the Starlight yeah. Drive-In, which yeah. had been open. Until about less a week ago, yeah. when uh, the county ordered them closed. Yeah. Um, so you could go to the socially distant drive-in, sit right. in your own car, not interact with anyone. But I guess all the uh, the community items, the yeah, bathrooms, concessions, uh, and concessions bathrooms was too much for the county. And said, "Look, uh, yeah." Although everyone could, I don't, I don't know why they didn't just close all that stuff down and have just the drive-in. Maybe they could come back and find somebody to do that. Yeah, um, but at the same time, it is a large gathering of people. Yeah, despite the fact they're all in their own individual cars. Yeah, and you never know what kind of mischief could happen. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, and uh, it's so it's a weird little time capsule of time to be doing yeah. this, talking about you know, as of right now, we're we're still allowed to leave our house, but mm, you know that could change for, <laughs> for restricted purposes. The, right, our county is uh, under restriction. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, good thing you had that hand sanitizer over here for me to come pick up. Necessary item. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right now, you still can't buy a hand sanitizer or Lysol pretty much anywhere. Uh, my uh, my mother in law actually got a hold of some hand sanitizer. Oh her yeah, vet. Her, huh. her vet uh, has uh, a large supply and was able to get uh, my mother in law some. Oh, okay. So and they're they're very similar ways. I've got a, a line of a few things for like gloves and stuff like that. Yeah. Other alternative places we might be able to buy them. I haven't been able to get out and really look to see if they're there. Um but it's on my wish list to get out and look. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's a weird I never thought I'd be going to stores just looking for Lysol. Yeah. Or hand sanitizer. But uh I have soap, but Hand sanitizer is so much more. Uh, yeah, the last time I went uh, to buy hand soap with the liquid pump hand soap. Yeah, uh, my local Kroger they had like <clears throat> instead of an entire like wall right, of shelves, right, they right. had three or four different of this really odd off brand. Right. So we picked the one that smelled the best and yeah, got two of them and that was it. Oh yeah, and uh, still like I don't know, I went uh, a few days ago and still at Walmart. It's plenty of bottled water, but still zero toilet paper. I mean, I had plenty of toilet paper. I didn't need to buy it, but. 
the entire giant row is completely gone. Yeah, I've talked to a few of the employees and said it comes in. Mm-hmm. It's just that you've got to be there right. at the right time to be able to pick some up. I was able to pick up toilet paper at my mm-hmm. local Kroger. Mm-hmm. I just decided to look on the aisle, and there was one stack of toilet papers, mm-hmm. and they restricted to buying one at a time. Yeah. And it was the brand we used, uh, so I got my one. Yeah, yeah. And every time I've went in, I've looked to places, I've looked for uh, cans of chunky, Campbell's Chunky Soup. And, you know, there's like 30 different varieties of that, and most of the time I find – Two flavors, three flavors. Yeah. If that. <laughs> people have uh, people love the soup. Yeah. Um, thing is about the soup, if you really want soup, if you got a crock pot, you can buy some kind of broth or stock mm-hmm. and make your own soup. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> we all become our own cooks again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, and the next movie I had on the list was Eight Men Out. Eight Men Out. That was such a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's another one I saw in the theater. So so well made. Yeah, that's a movie that, uh, as a big baseball fan, for some reason I waited a long time to see it. I don't know why. Um, and I don't just love baseball; I love the history of baseball. So it's made for that. We talked about the fact that that movie just passed the hundredth anniversary of when the when the when World the- Series actually took place. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's uh, you know. I mean, it was promoted as John Cusack movie because he was definitely the biggest star at the time. Uh, Charlie Sheen was just coming up a little bit. Um, I mean, and John Cusack, you know, he's definitely a big part of the movie. But you know, you know, they promoted as, "Hey, this is a John Cusack movie." Probably to get a lot of women who are John Cusack fans to watch it. And I don't know if they like it or not necessarily, <laughs> but uh, it's a great movie. Um, it's got a great cast too. Nah, uh, from. David Strait there to uh, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Um, so many good people in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I can't remember his name uh, now. The guy that plays uh, um, the uh, the gangster, Rothstein, plays Rothstein. Um, you know. Um, is it Michael uh, Lerner? Michael Lerner. Yeah. He's great. And the guy that plays Kamiski, which is. Uh, I can't remember his name either, but you know he was in uh, he was on Cool Hand Luke, I think, and a lot of things. But great cast in there. Was um, a great John Sales movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of history in that movie. A lot of stuff you can learn about the Clifton James. Clifton James. Yeah, yeah. And um, we have uh, the next movie we did was uh, Joyride, which is. Uh, I think the first movie, the first movie on my list that uh, Paul had never seen before. Yes. I not only had not seen it, I never even heard of it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I, I just, I think I just accidentally stumbled into it one day on HBO or something. Um, and uh, not sure how or somebody told me about it, but, uh, oh, you know, it was because of Steve Zahn. That's right. Steve Zahn. Because I like Steve Zahn a lot. No, there's like people were probably thinking of Paul Walker as, right. as one of the big leads. You know? Right. But, you know, at the time, I didn't know who Paul Walker was, um, and most people didn't really. Um, but uh, Steve Zahn, he, you know, he's really funny. He was Happy Texas, and uh, I don't know, he was in Blue Streak, too, I think. Um, I think you mentioned that on that episode, but. Uh, it was one of the, it was a bad robot production. Bad Robot Productions, which was, I think... Well, you know what? I'm, I forgot to mention. Yeah, J.J. Amons yeah. was one of the producers on that or whatever. Now, you know, I meant to mention that, but... Uh, um, 
I just think it was a well, it was a really well-made old-fashioned, uh, you know, thriller. And uh, the fact that they threw the CB in there as a, as a, as a story was a really good idea, I think. And uh, all around, I think it was a really good movie. Obviously it's, it's uh, number 63 on my list. So it was, uh, it was a pretty good one. And we'll, we'll be back right after these messages. Okay. And uh, we're back on the podcast and, uh, the uh, next movie we did um, after Joyride was uh, True Romance. True Romance. Which um, had a, uh, and I remember specifically had the, uh, has a record on our podcast uh, for the most uh, uses the word fuck. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> probably not the most profanities, though. I think South Park actually won, well, I'm sure it did actually because they had the legal limit of profanities. Um, <laughs> But uh, True Romance said, fuck, uh, I, don't know, I can't remember now, 323 times or something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, True Romance is, is one that I definitely didn't see until much, much later. Um, and I definitely wanted to see it because Tarantino wrote it. Um, and uh, so what did you think of uh, being able to talk about True Romance? Uh, everything like that? Well, I remember really liking the movie when it came out. Mm-hmm. And I had no clue. Who Tarantino was at the time? Yeah, when I saw it, yeah, uh, I knew who Tony Scott was. Right. Uh, so to me, it was a Tony Scott movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking back at the somewhat controversy of uh, how it was filmed, because uh, <clears throat> Tarantino wrote the script in an out of order sequence, right. very much like his his movies that he does. Yeah. And then Tony looked at it and said, "I really like all these parts, but I like them in chronological order." Right. And uh, he he put it back together in chronological mm-hmm. order. So it can be a Tony Scott film as yeah. opposed to a Tarantino. But you can still see all the Tarantinoisms. Mm, definitely. And I think we talked about that one scene um, where uh, Clarence takes all that and be his dad. Mm-hmm. And then like halfway through, there's some kind of a jump cut where Dennis Hopper's character is saying, hey, stop talking. I don't hear about this anymore. Where it's obvious that Clarence has been telling the story about what's going on. And uh, that is exactly what had happened. Mm-hmm. In the original script, you know, Clarence telling his dad the story of what had gone on. And then in the movie, in the written script, it goes back to the scenes from mm-hmm. before. Um, and then the, the rest of the movie takes place in somewhat chronological order with a few throwbacks to what really happened kind of thing. Uh, whereas Tony put everything in the chronological order. Mm-hmm. With that. Yeah. Um, I'd love I'm, I'd love to see a cut though of how Tarantino wanted done. I'm sure know, someone on the internet's probably it's done. It's interesting because uh, at the time I was looking up if you know. Tarantino cut, right? And a lot of people talk about it, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen one where someone actually took the movie, well, or recut it. You know, now to think about it, I don't know. Even though Tarantino said he had it out of order, I don't know that he's laid it out. It's like this is exactly how it. Well, I think Why? if you look at the original script, you can see that. The oh, okay. The original script is out there, so people. Oh, can see okay. It. This yeah. is how Tarantino wrote the script and what he intended. Yeah. And then the movie obviously is has all parts of it in, in chronological order, as opposed to the Tarantino order. Yeah. And that <clears throat> the the few YouTube videos or whatever that I watched, looking for an actual in order mm-hmm. a movie, a Tarantino order movie, I should say. Mm-hmm. They mostly just talk about the fact that the script is out there and you can put it together yourself. Oh, okay. But no one's actually put it together and put it out there. Uh, I would think the uh, copyright problems for people, you know, I can make the movie and put it out there and get it taken down by the studio or Tarantino or someone yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, that's true. Um, so if you do manage to uh, 
find a copy, you've got to snag it as quick as possible. Yeah. Or to hold on to it. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, I think it was, uh, well, I don't know if it'd say the biggest cast, but maybe, maybe, uh, the biggest cast we've seen so Most high profile. Certainly that. Like Eight Men had a big cast, but it was generally a lot of character actors that we know that aren't necessarily big names. Here, even though they weren't Gary Oldman and Brad Pitt weren't gigantic names at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. um, They're still in the movie. And, of course, Christian Slater was top of his game. Yeah. Um, Dennis Hopper, everyone knew who he was. He was was on the back. Blue Velvet, this movie, Hoosiers, Mm -hmm. brought him back to the forefront. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Speed. Speed. Yeah, it's a couple years after this speed, yeah. Um, but uh, biggest cast, of, yeah, certainly, uh, that we had done at that point, for sure. And maybe we've done on the podcast. Too. And the distance between when it was made until now, a lot of people uh, of almost any age over, say, 25, can look at the movie and say, oh, I know that guy from this place. I know that guy from that place. Yeah. I know her from me, from here. Yeah. Because um, they've all gone off to do other things that may be a little more high profile than this one movie. Yeah. Uh, particularly TV shows and such yeah. for Patricia and, and uh, um, oh, I can't remember his name, the guy that played the uh, producer. Oh, Saul Rubinek. Saul Rubinek. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Saul Rubinek is uh, when she was and in even things. Christian Slater. Oh, yeah. He's on a number of TV shows. Well, true, true. Uh, he's like he's like the boss or something on Mr. Robot, and we've done other things too. Really? I don't watch Mr. Robot, but he's. He's something like a, I don't know. I don't remember actually. He's a superior or something, but I know he's on it. I like him. There was some, there was a uh, looking for people TV show that he did a while back that I liked. Okay. I cannot remember the name of it. Uh, okay. I mean, Pump of the Volume, I remember, was a really good yeah. movie when it came out. Yeah, he, really was, liked it. he was a he was a pretty big star, uh, you know, earlier than this, uh, you know, Heathers and. Oh, Heathers. Yeah. You know, some other things. Uh, he was a, he's a big deal. Um, Hard Rain, one of my favorite movies. Oh, okay. Is that on your list, Hard Rain? No, uh, no. I can't remember who's in Hard Rain. Um, I think Morgan, Black Fre- Rain. Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Okay. Um, uh, Randy Quaid. Uh, huh. The girl is uh, from Wood Honey. Oh. Who's the girl from Mini Driver? Mini Driver. Oh, okay. And, of course, it all takes place, and as a short, short part, it all, all takes place in the rain. Okay. Rain comes falling down. Okay. Um, the next movie uh, on the list was Raising Arizona. And uh, at that point, it was the highest uh, ranking movie on the list, number 42. Uh, Raising Arizona is absolutely, I like it a lot better than I, the first saw it, I still liked it, but I think it becomes, um, it becomes better with time for sure. A lot of odd, uh, odd choices and odd uh, looks from people and camera angles, um, and uh, it's the first uh, first Coen Brothers movie on the list, and there definitely will be uh, more. That's that's for sure. Um, and John Goodman, I think, is uh, probably just great in just about everything. Um, this isn't even my favorite John Goodman performance, but it's still uh, it's still great. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, it's Nick Cage who just, um, you know, I don't know, is one of those people that everyone knows he's extremely talented and he can do whatever. And then you see a lot of ordinary movies from him. Then you see a movie like Raising Arizona and you realize 
just how good he can be. Yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, Holly Hunter, just, uh, I don't know. A part written for her? Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, she was perfect in this movie, I think. Um, and uh, Randall Tex Cobb. <laughs> Wanted to see movies? Probably his best movie? Yeah. Like, I think most of his movies, he was in a lot of action movies because he. Oh, yeah. You know, Big beefy. He's guy. a tough guy. I mean, he was in, I can't remember exactly, but he was in definitely movies, Schwarzenegger type, you know, action movies, uh, those kind of things. Uh, probably in a uh, Stephen Skull movies or something like that, a lot of action movies. Uh, um, the next movie we talked about was uh, Sideways. The Wine movie. Yeah, and that's that's another movie you hadn't seen. Uh, I, I, I heard of it. No. Right. Oh, you definitely. Yeah, I, yeah. I knew it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't expect much of it. I didn't get much out of it. Yeah. Surprised by that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sideways was, uh, I don't know, it was a great movie for me from when I saw it. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I was definitely a red wine drinker back then and uh, saw it in theaters and I saw it probably two or three times in theaters. And that was the kind of movie that I would show to other people, like, you got to see this movie. Um and for, for, for wine drinkers, a lot of the wine stuff hit more at home mm-hmm. uh, for, oh, yeah. on various shit levels, even up to where he dumped the uh, yeah. spit, spit bucket all over his face. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, because wine people know exactly what all that stuff is. Right. To the uh, non-wine drinking public, when he grabbed that spit bucket, um, even though they'd shown earlier in the movie that them spitting into it. Right. You didn't really know if you weren't paying attention. Yeah. Once you know, Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It becomes so creepy and gross. Yeah. Scene, you realize just how far he got. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. Thomas Hayden Church playing his uh, his best friend and just kind of like wanting to get drunk and didn't really. He liked to listen to Miles talk about line, but he didn't really care. He just want to get drunk. You want to get drunk? You want to get laid and get drunk, and that's that's pretty much his uh, his whole thing. And of course, it ends with him getting married at the end, near the end of the movie. So, yeah, so. <laughs> at the wedding, you get drunk and get slick. Yeah, bum, bum, bum. yeah. Um, now, the next movie we talked about was Field of Dreams. Um, Excellent movie. Yeah. Um, again, I'm a baseball, big baseball fan, so I loved this movie the first time I saw it, and still do. Um, it's, you know, still great. Definitely a fairy tale uh, movie. Yep. A um, movie about loss and recovery. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this is a movie that uh, uh, when we recorded it, we talked about, um, um, you want to say, you know, Paul, you talked about, um, you know, why you, you know, meant something to you. Because at the time, it had changed uh, for me. Mm -hmm. In the interim, from when I originally saw it, I really knew it. My father had died. Mm -hmm. So the whole theme of the story, about looking for your father and making amends for your father and or the inability to do that because of his death, mm-hmm. you know, it hit home to me. Yeah. And especially really up to the last scene where he's, he's pointing out to him you know, exactly what's going on. I say, Shoeless <clears throat> uh, Joe is pointing out to right. Ray exactly what's going on. If you build it, he will come and kind of indicates to the catcher and the catcher, of course, is Ray's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they get to play a game of catch. Yeah. Which uh, earlier on earlier on in the movie, he said that he refused to play catch with his dad out of a sense yeah. of moral indignity or right. politics and whatever going on. Yeah. Um, and he always regretted that. Yeah. There was able to yeah. play again with his dad. Yeah. And uh, 
when we recorded this, um, I talked about how uh, it meant a lot to me because it, not just like in baseball, but, you know, because I like baseball because of my dad. He's a huge baseball fan. And and at the time we recorded it, um, I said, you know, it means a lot to me. You know, my, my dad is still here. Um, and five days after we recorded this, my dad actually passed away. Um, so this was the final podcast we recorded, Field of Dreams, before he passed away. And then, wow. uh, you know, and then five days later, uh, I got a call from my mom and uh, he, had, he had passed away. So, wow. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was a pretty weird cosmic, uh, whatever you want to say, coincidence that happened. Um, so yeah, it's a, it was kind of a big deal, uh, that the, you know, that this was the last one we talked about. And, uh, so I wanted to also uh, mention con- con- concerning the current, uh, coronavirus thing that we mentioned on an episode that they're going to play a real game at the field of dreams in Iowa. Um, in July or June or August, and uh, now uh, maybe because of the virus, that may not happen. So who knows? That might get postponed. Also, a too early to postpone something from August, but but there's, so it seems like there's are. yeah, it seems like there's a decent chance that might might happen. So and um, uh, the next movie uh, we did was Quick Change, one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, absolutely funny. And this is a movie me and Paul, I know, talked about at some point uh, years ago. Just the fact that the idea about New York, showing how it's a, such a realistic New York movie. <laughs> about how, how the city comes up to bite you in the ass. Yeah. And uh, uh, Quick Change is a movie I certainly liked uh, the first time I saw it. and had no expectations other than Bill Murray was in it. Uh, I liked Randy Quaid. And I think I probably didn't even... Didn't even know who Gina Davis was, maybe at the time. Wow, she had been in some big movies, but I, I mean, I knew her from The Fly, and but I barely knew who she was at the time. I think so. Had them and Louise already been made at this point? No, I think it was '92 or '93. This was '90. So, so. but uh, Leah, their own been out. No, no, that's '93. Uh, oh, wow. Um, I mean, she was certainly a well-known actress. I'm just saying, she wasn't like a big star that I necessarily knew about. Probably The Fly was what I knew her from. So. But quick change is just, um, and I said this on on that episode, that I think even without the humor, it's still a good story. It's a good puzzle. It's a good, uh, you know, plot. Yeah. Know, well-written. Nice caper movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and that was actually, that's the highest, well, no, I'm sorry, Field of Dreams was 31. And that, quick change was 38. So pretty high up on the list. Um, uh, the next movie uh, was Wag the Dog. And uh, that was also a movie you hadn't seen before the podcast. But I had heard of it. Oh, yeah. I've certainly heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Wag the Dog, we talked about how it basically got released in the middle of the Lewinsky scandal. Yeah. And it seemed like someone made a movie to take advantage of that, but there was no way that was possible. (laughs) You never know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it's definitely a genre of movies that definitely got into that type of uh, broad satire of real events. Mm-hmm. I put this along the lines of uh, Dark Strange Love. Yeah. Um, other movies that they're helped, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> they basically take an incredibly dark view of, dark humor view of, of real life events. Yeah. Which 
normally I wouldn't really get into. Mm-hmm. I have a pretty dark sense of humor myself. Yeah. I don't know, something about the movies, maybe they're too light. They're not dark enough. Yeah. 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 But uh, it's, it's, I still love it. It's still great from the day I saw it. It's um, the fact that he brought in all those people, brought in Willie Nelson and Dennis Larry to help out. And he also got Woody Harrelson in there playing the psychotic uh, guy. That He was he was amazing in that little small <clears throat> part. Uh, just complete pervert and just kept talking about the beans and the human beings. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the next movie uh, was the first uh, episode we've had a special guest star on. Um, we did the South Park Bigger, Longer, and Uncut movie. I should say the whole title because there technically are a couple more South Park movies, although they were not theatrically released. Say it again. Um, yeah. You know what I heard. You know what I said. So South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Uh, and we had the, the uh, guest, uh, Copper Cab, um, which is also known as Paul's nephew. And uh, the world famous, internationally famous. Yeah. Copper Cab. Yeah. Just like uh, Tiger King. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we had Copper Cab on to talk about uh, the South Park movie. Uh which is South Park is led to him becoming famous. Yeah. Where he, uh, where they said gingers don't have souls and he did South the South Park ticked him off. He made a video. Yeah. Gingers instant, do have souls. Instant fame. Right. And then Cartman uh, dressed up like him and made a video making fun of him. So Yes. Cartman did dress up like him. Yeah. And Cartman did make fun of him. It had nothing to do with Matt Trey. No, exactly. Um, but he, I really think it was the, uh, the response from South Park. That really, Lomo, obviously, it would be you mm-hmm. know, get a, a response like that. Yeah. So personal, so personable, right. so uh, so on the nose. Yeah. But they literally copied his video 100%, but an animated style, yeah. their animated style, with Carmen as his, in his role. Yeah. And did an excellent job animating the background, looked exactly like what I'm familiar with. Um, and Which is, he, he's filmed, he filmed a lot of those on the property, mm-hmm. at the home. Yeah. <clears throat> Which actually, uh, when the TV show was being made or before it was being made, it helped the producers find him and us mm-hmm. um, because they basically studied what was in the background of his videos and that they used Google Street Maps. Oh, yeah. Those, 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 really? Uh, to verify where, where we live, and they basically mailed him a letter. Hey, we want to make a TV show with you. you know, huh. And he threw it away. He thought it was a joke. Oh, okay. But eventually they got a hold of him, made a show. Okay. Lots of fun. Yeah. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we actually, uh, that's the only episodes that and the next episode are the only ones we've had a guest star on, but we uh, do uh, have a verbal agreement for a guest star. Uh, but uh, the whole virus thing is uh, yes. that off at the moment. Yes. Um, but we do, I don't want to say it because, you know, it's a case it doesn't happen, but we do have a verbal uh, agreement to do a, Excellent. Guest star in a couple episodes, but um, it's going to have to wait a bit for the virus. To yeah. Down, so. Good thing we're not doing these in any particular order. We're going to put even under pressure to right, right. get on the phone and talk to us. Yeah. Show up in person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they do live uh, fairly close to us, uh, you know, 20 miles away or so, not far, but um, it's going to have to wait till the virus dies down. <clears throat> yeah. And, um, or at least till the pollen dies down. Oh, right. Heavy, right. Heavy in Georgia. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, we have visible pollen. It's a uh, yellowish green um, this time of year. Sometimes you can see it raining down from the trees or just puffing up from the grass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next movie on the list we did was Borat, which was also uh, with Copper Cab uh, helping with commentary. Yep. Um, what did you think of Borat movie? It was pretty much what I expected. Yeah. <clears throat> the, uh, uh, the genre of uncomfortable humor. Um, mm-hmm. Borat, The Office, mm-hmm. um, similar movies like that, Jackass, mm-hmm. <clears throat> where um, where the object is to uh, do something so profane or mm-hmm. obscure or, or unlikely or whatever it takes to give you the creepies or the willies. Uh, I've never been a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the... Probably the biggest exception I've ever had in my life was I got dragged to the original Jackass movie, mm-hmm. which I didn't want to go see, but I got dragged and I laughed my ass off. Mm-hmm. I never liked a TV show. Uh, yeah. I still watch a TV show. And I've seen kind of some of the other movies after that one, but after you've seen one, yeah. and it, it, the originalness of it struck me after that, it's not original anymore. Yeah. Same old stuff, different yeah. venue, different city, different country. Yeah. Same shtick. Yeah. Um, well, as far as pure comedy, it's it's for me. It's pure, real funny, really funny. Um, and uh, I think uh, Sasha Baron Cohen has uh, since went on to do uh, several dramatic roles too, and he's a really good actor. Really, oh yeah, dramatic roles. Yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, yeah. What has he done that was dramatic? Well, he's in Hugo, which was uh, not a real. Technically dramatic movie, but he was like a worked in like the train uh, terminal or whatever. He's done some. Um, I haven't watched many of them, but he's done some dramatic ones. Now he's he's a he's a good actor. Uh, um, but yeah, he had, he had, he was one of the major characters in Hugo, which was a really good uh, really good movie. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, so the next movie we did was Back to the Future. Oh. Heard, heard of it? Uh, I've heard of that movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, Back to the Future, you know, massive, massive hit movie. I can't, there's no way there's anyone listening to this podcast that doesn't know what Back to the Future is. I'm like, sure there are a few young people that don't know. Yeah, but they're not listening to this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm sure of all the seven people listening, all of them have heard of Back to the Future. Yes. Yeah. Um, Massive hit, uh, instant, instantly, instant classic. I think the day it came out, um, everything about it, um, massive box office softest success, uh, won some, or at least nominated for some technical, uh, awards, um, and, uh, made a huge star out of Michael J. Fox, uh, you know, kind of forwarded, uh, Christopher Lloyd's career. He was in some big movies after this, um, Roger Rabbit, and you know, most well known prior to this for Reverend Jim and Taxi. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's as far as a movie that's just rewatchable. It's uh, of the list so far. Um, I think it's probably my most like rewatchable movie. Maybe I'll just I can watch it over and over again of what we've done so far. Um, 
Um, next, uh, we have Die Hard. Ah, Die Hard. <clears throat> yeah. The uh, <clears throat> second greatest Christmas movie of all time. Yeah. After A Christmas Story. Okay. Second greatest? Okay. Yeah. According to my list, it's, uh, it's better than A Christmas Story. Well, that's a movie movie, probably. Not as a Christmas movie. Oh, okay. Okay. I think Bruce Willis is on record as saying that it's not a Christmas movie. Oh, really? Which I think the whole argument over it is really just to get people's go. Yeah, yeah. Because it's... It's not a Christmas movie. It takes place at Christmas time. Right. But it certainly doesn't uh, embody the Christmas spirit. Oh, okay. You know? So when the dead body comes down the elevator wearing a Santa hat? Ho, ho, ho. That doesn't no, no. make it a Christmas movie? No. It's kind of like a chimney? No. Now, if it was a dead body with a sack full of toys, maybe. Maybe. Maybe you can make the argument. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Die Hard, I mean, it's... Unbelievably well done. Just great action movie with a lot of laughs in it, too. Very tight script. Um, and uh, I'm really sad that I didn't like it earlier in my life because it is unbelievable. <laughs> and I went a lot of years not, not thinking it was all that great. It does have our number one villain, yeah. Hans Gruber. Yeah. He's about the great Alan Rickman. Yeah, Alan Rickman. Will there be more Alan Rickman movies coming out? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. No. So none of the Harry Potters are on your list? No, no. Robin Hood Men Tanks? You mean, you seen that one? No, he was in the actual Robin Hood. Prince of Thieves, yeah. Prince of Thieves, yeah. I don't think there's any. The closest would have been, for sure, Galaxy Quest, but it's not on the list. Um. He's great, but no, I just I don't think there's any more Alan Rickman movies on there. So this could be the one and only Alan Rickman movie, but it is a doozy. Yeah, Get hard. Yeah, it is. Um, the next movie, Baby Driver. Excellent movie. I yeah. love this movie. Yeah, uh, we talked before. It's the uh, newest movie on my list yep. by far, by a long, long distance. Um, it's a movie that I just saw for the first time. Um, geez, a little over a year ago, probably. Wow. Um, and loved it the first time I saw it. Um, it filmed in uh, Metro Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of landmarks used in it. Uh, some local uh, rappers were in there playing themselves, even though they didn't really do anything. We just stood there. But um, yeah, Baby Driver, a very very unique, well made movie, um, and. I don't know. It makes me wonder what Ant Man would have been like. Oh yeah, if he'd been right. able to continue making that. Yeah, he made this movie as a response, you know. Right, right. I think a bit of an ego thing, where he was told what he could and couldn't do with Ant Man. Yeah, he left for creative differences, and then made this movie mm-hmm. without any creative creative differences, mm-hmm. making exactly what he wanted to make. Yeah. So I wonder what Ant Man would have been like. I liked Ant Man, and mm-hmm. uh, it just makes me wonder what he would have done with this. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, and uh, the next movie, uh, The Sting. The Sting. Uh, the only movie so far on the list that uh, won the Oscar for Best Picture. Ah. Uh, the only one nominated uh, as far as Oscar for Best Picture so far. A few other movies have been nominated for some other awards, but. Um, None have won anything. Nothing. No award as prestigious as the Best Picture. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and The Sting. Uh, 
it is not on the AFI top 100 list of all time. Really? No. But, you know, you know, movies have been around over 100 years, so yeah. there's there's several. There's many uh, Best Picture winners that aren't on the list. Just do they, do they up to that, update that every year? No, no. It's 1998 was the first list, and uh, 2007 was the last one. So they're overdue, but there's no plans. It's been 13 years, so who knows? It'd be great if they did it, but, um, you know. But the Sting is just, I don't know, great con, con man movie. Another caper movie. Yeah. And that's always something that... Uh, it's easy movie, easy, easy genre for me to enjoy. Great musical score. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we have The Shining next. Ah, Shining. The Shining is uh, just scared to shit out of me when I was a little kid, and I watched it way too young for sure. Um, and uh, that's one I don't know if I necessarily liked it better since it came out. I think it stayed the same all these years. I think the more I see it, the more I like it. Yeah. The more nuanced I see in the, the creative process for the director. Yeah. Um, and the actors as well. I mean, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you get to see little things you don't notice before. Um, I was reading trivia on uh, The Boy. Yeah. Um, and how uh, he, uh, his imaginary friend Tony would talk to him and mm-hmm. he moved the finger up and down. Yeah. And the boy had kind of created that on his own mm-hmm. just to illustrate what he was doing. Mm-hmm. He did that in the audition and it you know, blew them away. Like, oh my God, we never even thought about doing that, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And we'll be right back. All right. Uh, we're back and uh, we got one more episode or one more movie to talk about a little bit um, that we've done. Uh, Young Frankenstein. And, uh, most recently on my mind, in Frankenstein. Yeah, and it's uh, it's certainly the, um, you know, I talked about how Mel Brooks certainly when I was younger and still is one of my favorite directors. Uh, there's no no doubt about that. Um, and uh, it was great to great to re- revisit this uh, movie. And I think that uh, I talked about how this movie isn't quite as uh, as great as I used to. Um, I think I mentioned the same thing on the podcast. Its humor didn't hold up as well for me, yeah, uh, as I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Um, but I appreciate the way it's made, mm-hmm. and much more than I did when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was younger, I was just all about the humor. Mm-hmm. I knew who the cast members were. Uh, there are various things I, I've learned since then about the movie that I didn't know at the time. So, yeah. You're the one that told me that uh, Frau Blucher, Blucher means uh, Glue Factory, mm-hmm. which makes much more sense for the person yeah. to be winning and neighing and crying whenever her name is mentioned. Yeah. As opposed to, uh, I just thought it was a horror effect. You know, she, her name. Like the horses were scared of her. Which was just scared. Yeah, just scared. Right. For horror reasons. Apparently, it's more had to do Glue factory. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was surprised to learn that you didn't, you never heard of that before. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we have some uh, have some stats about the movies we've done so far. Um, um, you know, I know all of you listening can easily see what the movies were ranked. Um, would you, um, like, for example, Baby Driver is the uh, highest ranked movie so far? Number, number 10, 10, I believe, right? Yeah. 
And my blue heaven is the lowest rank at number ninety seven. Ninety seven. Um, do you um, do you based on the ranking so far? Would you say what you think is your most surprising uh, ranking? Like a movie that's uh, so far that's uh, surprised you the most? Where I had it at? Uh, you know, um, I think the fact you put South Park so far down number ninety. Yeah, was a little uh, a little surprising. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Let's look at votes here. Uh, you spoke very highly of Joyride, but you know, 63, eight men mm-hmm. out, big baseball fan, but still only at number 89. Yeah. I think the ones that are so far down the list, even though they are still on the list. Yeah. Probably surprised me more. But then again, there are 100 movies total, and mm-hmm. they've got to have each movie has to have a rank. Yeah. There's only one rank. They can't all be number one. They can't all be number two. So, yeah. I uh, just looked so far. Uh, there are 10 movies in the bottom half and nine movies in the top half so far for the ah. ranking, the way we've done so far. Um, and uh, if you um, you go by, um, I think one of the one of the best uh, things to look at is um, the box office, the adjusted box office so far. Um, Sting, the, the Sting. $926 million in adjusted box office. Wow. And Back to the Future is $925 million. Those are on par with the uh, Marvel movies of today, making nearly a billion dollars or a billion dollars more. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it shows uh, what a big deal The Sting was. Uh, everyone knew Back to the Future was obvious what a big hit it was, but The Sting surprised me a little bit that it was such a massive uh, hit. Um, maybe because it came out when I was too young to be aware of that. But Now, was that movie that was made on the initial run or over the life of the movie? Oh, life of the movie. Just got, well, I was the, as the oldest movie out mm-hmm. there of 73, mm-hmm. you know, almost 40 years, yeah. almost 50 years, actually. Right, right. Um, it has the longest period of time to accumulate money. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of the monies accumulated included monies that my film group during college spent to show the movie, mm-hmm. uh, the movies that we showed. Yeah, um, to the uh, local college population, making a dollar a ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it could just be uh, a wide variety of uh, platforms, and money's coming in at all times throughout the year. Yeah, um, one movie that I think surprised me the most, as far as adjusted box office, it's a fairly low, is uh, a Christmas Story. Sixty million dollars adjusted box office um, because. You know, low side. It was just a minor hit when it was in theaters, and most of the uh, love for that movie comes from people rewatching it on TV for free. So it's just not, uh, it just, you know, didn't necessarily make a lot of money as far as the movie theaters. Uh, it's fairly low on the list. Um, um, the third biggest uh, hit, hit we've had done so far is Young Frankenstein, based on adjusted box office $451 million. That's half. Yeah. Oh, number one, too. Right, right. It's um, And then Borat is next, $336 million. Die Hard, $304 million. Uh, Baby Driver, two forty one, which adjusted box office, but it only came out three years ago. So. Not true, Justin. Right, yeah. And then you have Field of Dreams, Sideways, The Shining, South Park, Wag the Dog, A Christmas Story. Uh, Raising Arizona, My Blue Heaven, Angel Heart, Joyride, Quick Change, True Romance, and Eight Men Out. 
that's in order by uh, a trusted box office. Wow. So, um, as far as uh, uh, the uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores, um, we have um, um, so far the highest ranked movie we've done is Sideways, based on Rotten Tomatoes scores. Um, How much did you have? 97? 97, yeah. 97. Mm -hmm. um, and Back to the Future and The Sting, Young Frankenstein. Um, you know, The Sting, you'd think being a best Oscar, Oscar uh, picture winner. Would be higher up? Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes score? You would think so. What's the lowest one? On our list is My Boo Heaven, 71. So it's also the lowest on your list, 97. Right, right. Right, it is actually. Uh, no real correlation, but yeah, that is true. Um, that, uh, you know, some of the lower uh, rank ones are uh, Joy Ride, Angel Heart, South Park Movie, Quick Change. It'd be interesting to see when we get a more robust look at your top 10. We only have Baby Driver now for number 10. Right. How well the top 10 fare, Rotten Tomatoes, versus how well the lower, the bottom half, the bottom 10. Yeah. 91 through 100. Yeah, Fair. the stats will definitely yeah mean a lot more when we get a lot more movies in for sure. Um, it surprised me a little bit that Borat was ninety one. Surprising, it's getting that high of a rating on our on tomatoes. But you know, still a lot of critics did like it. Um, but I could see a lot of people really being irritated. Well, this is a the critics' rotten tomato score, not yes. the public's rotten right. tomato score, right? Which is pretty fickle. Right. Right. And, you know, I don't know, a quick change being that low is kind of like, yeah. What's wrong with people? Right. Then again, you know, uh, this past year, this is past year, that uh, Black Panther mm -hmm. had a lot of controversy with Rotten Tomatoes because people who hadn't even been able to see the movie yet were giving it bad scores in order to uh, hurt Marvel Disney for whatever slight that they were upset about. Yeah. Um, so people were. Uh, <clears throat> reviewing the movie badly, even though it hadn't been out yet, they hadn't had any chance to see it. Yeah. And Rotten Tomatoes had to change the way they did a few things. I think uh, the the public uh, the public commentary that cuts on the the public number of ranking got put to the back burner hmm. until X amount of time had come out, so that people could actually have seen it. You know, you can't have people before the movie comes out giving you bad reviews because obviously yeah. they couldn't have seen it. Right. Only the critics should have seen it by then. Uh, so they had to change a few of the uh, parameters mm. for what they allowed on the site. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and even then, I think uh, I think it was allowed that uh, people could you know vote multiple times for you know good or bad for a movie, and you know, too many people were putting in multiple. Yeah. Bad reviews. Oh, okay. That's skewing the movie. Yeah. Okay. I um, uh, have a list here of the uh, um, the uh, budget uh, for each movie. Ah. And uh, like I said before, uh, My Heaven did not have a budget, so we can't rank it. Uh, but the lowest budget movie uh, on my list, Young Frankenstein, three million. It was actually like two point eight million, but Young Frankenstein was the lowest budget movie on, on the list. Um, you know, obviously, a year plays a big part in that, but you know, The Sting came out uh, a year earlier and it was twice as expensive as six million dollars. So, 
And it shows. Yeah. 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 Um, that's not adjusted for current. No, that's no, that's not. That's what's the current adjusted. multiplier? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I can't remember. So you look there at the, the first two numbers. Well, you mean see the multiplier of like what it made two, per two point something? No, because you know the you have the adjusted box office right here. Oh yeah, yeah. So if you look at that, it's a little over two times for the adjusted amount. So that's well, here. more than two times. This is a little bit more because there's six to. No, it's like five times. Yeah. Oh. 86 first. I guess it depends on the, uh, the movie. Well, 86, it, the, uh, it made 86 million when Ferguson did, and the adjusted is 451 million. So I mean, it's 80, 86 is $74 versus this one, which I was looking at was a little over two, six million in, is it 98 or 88? That's 83. Uh, the one above it, 98? Um, six. To, that's eight minutes. That's nineteen eighty-eight. Eighty. Yeah. So that's eighty-eight dollars. Fifteen years later, the adjusted gross is different. Yeah. Oh obviously. yeah. Yeah. Um, so also depends on how far back it was made. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, so far, Baby Driver is the highest budget movie on the list, uh, thirty-four million. Uh, given the fact that it's very recent and it's a lot of uh, stunt and action, that makes sense. But considering a lot of movies spend have big budgets these days, it's a little surprising so far that. That's the highest budget on my entire list. Uh, Die Hard was second at 28. Well, it's also the uh, Baby Drivers is the newest movie. So well, that's right, yeah. right that there are a lot of movies out now that have humongous budgets. Yeah. But they're newer and they aren't really out of Baby Driver. What's the, after Baby Driver mm -hmm. uh, 2017? Yeah. What's the next newest movie you have on there? I don't know, currently. Uh, the way we've done so far, um, Borat. 2006, right. yeah. So that's uh, another 11 years. Yeah, yeah. So a big gap there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Die Hard second at $28 million budget, which, you know, makes sense. It was a lot of huge Pir stunts and, yeah, blowing up buildings and things like that. Um, but uh, the one stat that I like is the, is the multiplier as far as what a um, – what a movie made, not what a movie made, but, um, well, yeah, what it made times what the budget was. Um, and this is actual uh, box office, not the adjusted box office. Uh, the, by the multiplier, the most profitable movie is John Frankenstein. It made almost 29 times what it cost. Wow. So A well-made movie. Yeah. Makes, yeah. And it's investment back. And then The Sting is second. Um and Back to the Future is next. Borat is next. Uh, Raising Arizona, Sideways, Baby Driver. Um, you know, if you go to the bottom, the only movie we've done so far uh, that technically lost money was Quick Change, but just barely. Um, and there were four movies that uh, basically broke even. Uh, Eight Men Out, True Romance, Angel Heart, and uh, Joyride. They basically broke even. So... Um, and uh, I think that's all as far as the stats go, uh, all we had here. Um, you know, so what do you think about the – anything more about the current situation we have uh, with the virus and uh, the quarantining? Yeah, I think it's going to be a while. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised they closed the, the drive-in, but not yeah. too surprised. Yeah. <clears throat> I think uh, I think it'll last quite a while. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, things get worse. 
Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, stay at home. Yeah, like I am. Stay at home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or at my home when you're doing the podcast. Yeah. Keep away from people. Yeah. And, uh, basically, hunger down. There's no immunity for this. There's no cure for this. No. You get it. You're rolling the dice. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, it's a pretty uh, weird time we're living in now. Yep. You read about historical events and how people live through them, and now that we get to uh, live through one of our own. Mm-hmm. This is pretty much a plague. It is a plague. It's a different yeah. kind of plague. Um, but it's a sickness people get and die from. That's, that's the definition of a plague. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but um, I guess we can. Uh, Time to talk about which uh, which episode we're doing next week, and uh, um, for next week, uh, you need to brush up on your jive. Um, stop sniffing glue, and uh, I surely think you're going to enjoy next week's episode. I know I'm going to enjoy next week's episode, and don't call me Shirley.